You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Okay, retreating the same point, which is what we got from Sunday. Sunday was Thanksgiving, and um, we're using it to just follow up from the lessons we had learned from the previous Sunday and, you know, the Wednesdays. And we said that David is someone who we could say was beyond his time. You know, the revelation and understanding that David operated with was beyond this time. But with what we have now, if there were David in our generation, we won't be so surprised. Because you and I have now the benefit of seeing what Jesus Christ has done for us, which is the same Romans 12, 1. With what Jesus has done for me, you know, um, if I do all that David did, it won't be a big deal. But you see, he had not experienced it. He had not seen it, even though by revelation he prophesied a lot of things. But the life he lived and the understanding that he, you know, demonstrated was purely beyond this time. And the text we looked at on Sunday, I think, began to capture it like our brother said. David said all things, that uh, First Chronicles twenty nine fourteen. he said, all things come from you. And of your own we have given you. Talking about giving. And then we're understanding now, I believe we also touched that on Sunday, that it's not just about our physical resources, our talents, our time, everything that we are. Okay? Our Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, what should he do? He said, let him first what? deny himself what does it mean to deny yourself that means every interest you have you drop it aside and you now pursue only god's interest now how is that possible how can i do that when i understand that i don't even own myself that's the challenge you don't own yourself you know we we mentioned on sunday about the the people who say "I, i made my money I'm a self-made man. Now, if I made my money, who made I? Praise the Lord. Who made I? Um, there's this popular case. Uh, I'm sure a few of us know it. I think it was in Port Harcourt in River State. There was a land in contention. And uh, somebody had built a beautiful masterpiece on a property. Okay? And the land was in contention. And when they went to court... Once they prove that the land belonged to this person, automatically every building, every investment that was made on that land was shifted to the owner of the land. So you're a self-made billionaire. Hallelujah. You picked up stones and you converted it to gold. Hallelujah. Who made you? You see how human beings can just be. And person says, I'm a strong man. How strong were you when you were six days old? At six days old, if you met, you know, the type of wicked nurses we hear about, they would have just snuffed life out of you. 
so that you are living, that you survive, that you are alive today, it's only because God made it possible. Now, understanding and wisdom is that you trace your life back to continually honor and give reverence to that one who made it possible for you. Praise the Lord. So that's what David was saying here. And interestingly also, as thinking about it, and if there were people who could actually claim to be self-made, I think David should be allowed to claim he's self-made. A teenager that kills a lion, a teenager that kills a bear, that's a man. Praise God. That's a titled man. In Igbo land, he will be Obuago and Obuehi together, one person. Do you understand? And then he kills the giant. If David, you know, was or were proud, we should permit him. In the land of men, he has a right to be proud. Are you getting it now? Because nobody has done what he did. Not just that he killed a giant, he killed a giant with a stone. Haba. He deserves respect. <laughs> Do you understand? David, if he were proud amongst men, we should permit him. But he wasn't. Why? Because he understood that whatever David was, was because there was a God of David. Even the giant that he killed, what did he say? He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy a whole David? No. He said, defy the armies of the living God. David had an insight to what we need to learn. And I think that's where we concluded when we prayed with Psalm 18, verse 29. How many of us have prayed that prayer for ourselves after Sunday? Psalm 18, 29. Okay, I guess nobody has prayed that prayer for himself. Okay, praise the Lord. The reason you come to church is to take some things and go home and walk with it. Okay? It's David writing there. He says, for by you, I can what? I can run against a troop. By my God, I can live over a war. This is simply before Jesus said to us, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. This is David saying, once God is for me, there is no difficulty that threatens me. There is no economic outlook that dampens my faith. There is no situation, no medical diagnosis that weakens me. As long as God is with me. The Bible says, if God be for us, who can what? Be against us. And if I believe that, and if you believe that, then you begin to see that the focus and one thing you and I need to do is to always make sure it's not what is opposing me, but what is backing me that should be my concern. Praise the Lord. In fact, as a true Christian, let me tell you the truth, and you'll receive it in Jesus' name. The bigger the opposition you have should make you rejoice more. The bigger the challenge you face as a true Christian, should cause you to have bigger joy. You know why? Because your God has said, no temptation has befallen you, but such as is what? Come on to man. And then he went for that to say, and he will not allow you to be tempted what? 
So it means that if God gives you one million dollar challenge, it means that God has given you a greater than million dollar blessing for every Christian. The Christian does not live life randomly. The Christian does not exist, you know, like um, um, Amoeba, that they said is shapeless. No. Every part of your life is intentional. If there is something that is coming your way, and your heavenly father knows that you are not built to handle it, he will make sure it does not come your way. God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He didn't say it about many other people. Because if he said it about many other people, they would have cursed God and began a new religion. But God knew Job so much that Job could take everything that came his way and still be standing. Praise the Lord. So for the true believer, any challenge that comes your way with the understanding that God is your father and is the one who weighs out the events and circumstances of your life, the bigger they come, you should know that that is the rating or the ranking that your heavenly father has ranked you at. Praise the Lord, somebody. So you see some people, and it's as though their lives are filled with battles. But you see that the battles didn't bury them. What does it mean? It means that they are generals in the Lord's army. As I am now, I've never fought a military battle. So if I join the army now, what rank do you think they're going to give me? What rank? General. No, I've not fought. I'm not talking of uh, Nigerian army. Corporal. No, not even corporal. Bloody recruits. See these people. Well, you've not fought any battle. You enter, they just give you rank. No, they Listen. Praise God. But someone that went to Ekomog, that went to uh, Sudan, that went to all those places, if he stands, what are they going to give him? Why? Because he has fought battles and come out. He's working with experience behind him. The same thing as a Christian. The Bible says these light afflictions, they work for you what? A far heavier weight of glory. You've never had any light affliction. You are the light one in that equation. But you've had afflictions all over. You're the general. Praise the Lord, somebody. So you look at your life and you look at your circumstances and understanding that this God is your God. This God is your maker. You begin to see that he is actually in total control of everything that is happening. There's something very important, you know, from that text that captured me throughout the week. And that's where I want us to take and, and then we move on. So for by you I can run against a troop, by my God I can leap over a wall. That's what David was saying. So everything I am, and ju- just before I miss that, David in the text we read was saying, God, you are the one who has blessed me. That's what he was saying technically. But you know David suffered like no man ever suffered. Praise the Lord. David saw afflictions. He saw delays. He saw uh, what they call near success syndrome. He saw enemies. He said, those, if he were, if all that betrayed me, he, David experienced it, right? Even from his own family, his own children rose up. Can you imagine? There is a coup. 
And the coup is not coming from one uh, major somewhere. It's coming from his own children. David saw it. He saw betrayal from uh, Ahithophel. He saw betrayal from persons that on no account he would experience it. He saw denials. He saw delays. At uh, some point, it was as though God was the champion of those who were against him. Nothing was working for David. And David is still saying that all his life, God was the one orchestrating it. Which means that he did not just credit God as the one who blessed him. He realized that even in his trials, God was still there. It takes that balance to be a successful Christian. Praise the Lord. It takes that balance. Because what the enemy tries to do to you and I is that when we're in difficulties... He tries to tell us that God is no longer in the picture. And once you take God out of the picture, the Bible calls God the God of all hope. Once God is out of the picture, hope is lost. Once hope is lost, faith goes. Once faith goes, you get into unbelief. Once you get into unbelief, you get into darkness. Once you get into darkness, you get into death. Praise God. So David understood Just as he was telling us here now that everything he has, the prosperity, the victories, the good things came from God. He also knew that when it was bad, God, we may not be able to say they came from God. But he was saying God was in the picture. Praise the Lord. And as long as you know God is in the picture, you know that he will not allow you to handle what you cannot bear. He will see you through it. And somebody listening to me, God is sending a word to you. As difficult as it might appear, God will see you through because he is in the picture. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So in that first Chronicles 29, very important thing that captured me. I'd read it, I'd known it, but it just came differently. Verse 16 and 17. He was concluding all the things because David kept saying, all these things we are giving to you are yours. All these things, riches and honor that come from you. All that is in heaven is yours. We are giving you from your own. So the question should be like our brother said. Why will a father go to the market and, or a mother go to the market and buy biscuit and give the child biscuit and then ask the child biscuit back? Is it loss of memory? Why will I? I have uh, five children. There are five of you now. Why will I take 200,000 naira and give to you and say share amongst them? Can't I see them? Can't I give you 40, 40, 40, 40 and give everybody and go? Is it that I'm limited with time? Why do I give you and ask you to give them? Why? If you understand it, you learn something tonight. He told us why. In verse 17, let's put 17 on the screen. And this is so important for the things that we said we'll do this year. Important. We said we believe God and then we go on to what? To know God. David said, I know I know. Let me hear somebody say, I know. You must know this about God. David said, I know also. Now, when you look at that, you see, I know also. What do you see? You see a comma. Then he puts my God. So he's saying, I know God. I know this about God. Are you with me? So David is saying, I know that God tests the heart. And he has pleasure in uprightness. So God is not actually doing what he's doing because of scarcity of resources. No, not at all. God is doing what he's doing as a test for you, sir. 
As a test for you, man. As a test for you, man. As a test. You see, God is such a good father and such a rich father and such a prosperous father that he can have a people who there is no poor amongst them. The reason God leaves you with abundance and leaves your brother with lack is a test. It's not out of limited resources. In fact, God has no economy. You know, we say the economy of heaven. Economy is basically the management of scarce resources. God has no scarcity. What God is looking for is good men. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord that run to and fro upon the whole earth. Is he searching for gold to mine? Is he looking for diamond? Is he looking for arable land where he can plant cocoa? What's he looking for? He's searching for a man whose heart is what? When you know this, I can close this service today and be sure your 2024 will be blessed. That you'll be so victorious. Let's go to the, uh, um, I think, what's that my translation again? The Living Bible, please. Let's look at it there. It took my mind somewhere. I haven't come out from it. The Living Bible. Let's read together, everybody. I know, my God, that what? That you test men to see if they are what? Just hold on there. That's it. Are you in difficulty? It's a test. Are you enjoying? It's a test. Do you look around you and everybody is overtaking you? It's a test. Do you look and you've passed everybody, you're the biggest and the baddest? It's a test. God has no limited resources. Praise the Lord. No, no, no. When Penina was multiplying children like rabbit and Hannah didn't have a child, it was still a test. Praise God. It was a test. It wasn't that God couldn't give, you know, give them one after the other. No. It was a test until Hannah entered into a revelation and said, this is not about children. I want to keep God first. You know, the Bible is so clear. He said he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, isn't it? So the Bible said the husband will give to Hannah a double portion. So even though Penina had five children with five portions plus her, her children six, God, through Elkanah, will give Hannah 12. So she had offering for 12, but she had no number with her. So while the others carried their one one portion, what she carried was more than that. But that wasn't what she was looking for, right? So she kept crying. She kept crying until she realized that there is something deeper about this situation. It's not just about a baby crying. And she went to God and said, God, you will give me this baby and I'll return that baby and remain as I am. Why? Because I've come to understand that this is a test. Tell yourself it's a test and you will pass it in the name of Jesus. So it says, I know my God that you want. You test men to see if they are good. The reason you have abundance in your pocket and God opens your eyes to see a brother, a sister who has nothing is not that you are worked harder. You didn't sweat more. You didn't wake up earlier. Nothing about you is better. It's a test. And the way you can understand this is this. If you've had maybe family or friends or colleagues who are very, very, very wealthy. I've tried to give us this illustration several times here. If you've had a friendship, you know, or known someone who is extremely wealthy, you realize that that person, when you relate with that person or that person's desire, is not like the average person who is trying to manage scarcity. Okay? That person doesn't make judgments like the basic man who is trying to manage resources. Okay? So what happens is this. If you realize 
such a person, what is going to happen in your interaction with the person is that he doesn't care so much as what he gains from you as much as your loyalty to him. A poor man, if you like, insult him today. If you bring food tomorrow, he will hug you because he's managing scarcity. (laughs) Hallelujah. The higher you go, the less you need, you know, the things that men used to uh, appease men. Now, God is the most high. That's why God can say, you know, through Samuel to Saul. He says, have I as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? He's so big that bringing a cow to burn, what is that going to do? Cure his cutter? Do you understand where I'm going? So God is looking over the, his world and is not moved by money, if I dance like David danced, you know, yes, God is going to enjoy it a bit. But who gave me the skill to dance? Who allowed my bones to be able to move? So he gave it to me. But the only thing God left for you and left for me to decide is loyalty. That was a test Adam and Eve failed in the Garden of Eden. When he put them in the Garden of Eden, he gave them, you know, I estimate maybe five million species of fruits. You could eat from any of them. But this one, don't eat of it. And he left. And he's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, right? So he could see Adam and Eve. And he saw them gravitating towards the only one tree. The only one tree. The only one out of thousands that they said they shouldn't eat. His omnipotence didn't stop them. You know why? He's testing. His loyalty. His loyalty. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible talking about us and the Holy Ghost. It says... And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, it didn't say don't steal from the Holy Spirit. It didn't say don't defraud the Holy Spirit. For husband and wife, say don't defraud, you know, because we are mates. Okay. But when the word grieve is used, do you know what the word grieve means? It means a hurt that is not just a hurt. You see, God forbid, okay. If they steal someone's phone now, the person, especially with this exchange rate now, the person will feel terrible. Do you understand? The person will be angry, will feel terrible. The person is hurt, is angry that they stole his phone. Okay? Now, if they catch the thief that stole that phone, and it's one strange person that strolled into church, the person will be really mad at the person. Okay? But what if... They catch the person who stole the phone. And the person who stole the phone is his child. Stole it to go and sell it to do one stupid thing. The money or the cost of replacing the phone will no longer matter again. It is that. That is grief. Grief is a hurt that is not just a hurt. It's a hurt of love. It's somebody taking love and squeezing out everything in it. So when the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were still. The Holy Spirit is Jesus died for me. Jesus shed his blood for me. So his blood washed me. We are clothed with his righteousness, okay? His broken body clothes me. And then they said, this one is redeemed. This one is washed. This one is clothed in his righteousness. And then he gives me the Holy Spirit to come and stay inside of me. So I'm supposed to be walking about, washed in the blood, clothed in his righteousness, and filled with his Holy Spirit, right? And I carry that Holy Spirit and can do something to the extent that the Holy Spirit has to live. That is grief. Do you get it now? That's why it's grief. 
Because it doesn't make sense. That's what the Christian life is about. So when you understand it, that's why people like Joseph could say, Ah, no, I can't, I can't do this thing. I can't commit this sin against God. The situation, oh, it was a difficult one. Because he knew that he was in trouble either way. Sleep with this woman, trouble. Run away, trouble. But he said, if I sleep with this woman, the trouble I'm going to enter is the trouble of breaking God's heart. Grieve. Now, let's go back to where we're. So, I know that God tests men to see if they are what? Good. Child of God. You know when the Bible says, still talking about the temptation, that with every temptation, he makes a way of escape. Do you know the way of escape God makes for you and I in every temptation? That you show him your good. You know, we have converted the work of the spirit to magic. We think that there are provisions, you know, for shouting and doing a lot of things. There are seasons for that. Praise God. But the critical work of the believer who has the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit in every situation. Now, David was a warrior. David was a man of war, a man of battle, a man that, you know, if it's as per hard, David did. Do you understand? But ultimately, what gave him the crown? He was... He showed himself a good man, not just a strong man, not just a man who could throw arrows, not just a man who could shoot, you know, throw javelins. He showed himself a good man. You know why? That's what God is looking for. That's what impresses God. The arm, the strength of the arm is God that gave it. The one he can give is loyalty and he's looking for. You know, they say gold. Gold is measured in character, right? Men are measured in character. God tests men. Test men to see if they are good. Not if they are no physics. Human beings will be impressed if you quote scripture. Human beings will be impressed if you can stand there and pray for the next seven hours without stopping. It's okay. There's a time for that. But God, David said, I know, my God, that you test men to see if they are good. You test husbands to see if they are faithful. You test wives to see if they are submissive. You test children to see. You test, that's what he's doing. And what does he do when he finds them? He says he enjoys them. Do you know what this means? Praise God. <laughs> There's something they brought out recently. They call it having somebody's mumu button. How many of us have heard of mumu button? It means that if you are good, you will have God's word. Mumu button. That's why he will look at David and say, I've sworn, you shall not fail to have a man on the throne. He said to him, even if your children, if they annoy me, I will discipline them. But still, you can get God's mumu button. Why? He enjoys good men. He enjoys what? Good men. That's the battle. No matter how difficult things become, see that God enjoys you. You know, the Bible actually says one thing throughout. It's amazing. Okay? What did Jesus say? It says, he that has my word and keeps it. It says, I and the Father will do what? Where do you go to dwell? Where do you go and settle? It's where you enjoy. Now, now, Jesus doesn't say, I'll come alone. Which means he has come and visited you. And the fellowship is too sweet. What does he do? He goes and calls the Father. And says, Father, there is a man we need to abide with. And then God the Father, <laughs> God the Son, and then you already have the God the Holy Spirit. They will do what? They will come and abide with you. Somebody say, that's what I pursue this year. 
that whether I'm up or down, whether in health or sickness, whether I'm prosperity or poverty, anywhere I am, let God enjoy me. As a church, let God do what? Enjoy us. That's what it is. That's where we began. Who creates something that will hurt him? And God said to God, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Why would you want to do that? Is that you might enjoy him. That you might enjoy fellowship. So the Bible talking about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God will come down in the cool of the day so that what? He would enjoy Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve will enjoy him. But he came down one day and he saw Adam running. He saw Eve running. They were all running away. What had happened? They had polluted the street. And ever since then, that's what David said. He tests. So every situation I'm in, every circumstance I find myself, whether I'm going through difficulty or whether I'm going through the highest of privileges, God wants to enjoy me. Because you see, if you have this understanding, you know, it puts a lot of things in perspective. I always say, there, I think, I think, why is this person alive? Why is this person dead? Why is this person prosperous? Why is this person poor? I've worked in the bank and I've managed accounts. There is no correlation between intelligence and money. There is no correlation, people that are married, people that are not. There is no correlation between beauty and marriage. You see some people, you see their husbands, you're wondering, which uh, juju did the woman do to this man? You see some women also, you see their husband. Do you understand? Every situation, as long as it's on this side of eternity, is a test. And the time you spend here has been given to you so that you can finish well. Like we said on something, something very important we said on Sunday that you missed, is that judgment is not punishment. If you didn't hear it, I need to repeat it so that somebody will hear it very well. Judgment is not punishment. Praise the Lord. Uh, Pastor Sam, you walk in the office now and for some reason they've denied you promotion and then you go to court. Okay? And they should have promoted you six times, you know, and they failed or whatever it is. When you go to court, when you're going for the day of judgment, are you going for punishment? You're going for the restoration of what is proper. Judgment is settling, saying this is the proper thing to to be done. Now, when the Bible says it is appointed unto man wants to die and thereafter judgment, what the Bible is saying is that everything we are living here is based on just testing, testing, testing. On that day, when a man dies is when he receives what is his real thing. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ will say, if you have not been faithful with the unrighteous mammon, he said, who will commit to your trust? True. So when somebody on earth is saying, I have a billion, a billion, a billion you can't sleep with. A billionaire does not, is not a billionaire in his dream. Do you know that? No matter how much money you have, you cannot bath with clothes. Poor and rich will bath naked. I get what I'm saying. Some of us here, we live in huts. When we dream, eh, we're in Asorok. <laughs> and then the man in Asorok, when he dreams, he's in prison. Because all those things are surface. I get what I'm saying. It's when death comes. That is when after death, the judgment, the real thing. So what do I do with where I am now? Make sure I'm getting good scores. Because that's what God is looking for. He's testing. Praise the Lord. He's testing. So how do I pass this test? All the time. That's what we were trying to talk about on Sunday. How do I pass this test all the time? Both ways. Okay. For us to, tonight, we want to look at how do I pass this test, you know, on the positive side. And I throw this scenario to you. You know, this is PhD class, so we can do scenarios, right? Okay. If you worked in an office, if this were an organization, okay, and tasks were assigned to different teams, okay, and I bring out um, Pastor Ralph and Pastor Nat. Tell them your job is just, you know, sit down 
and be looking if the projector goes off, just raise your hand so another person will see it. I tell um, Dignes Vicky and Pastor Sam, I say, this is your own job. Just give people very, very easy tasks. And then maybe I come to Momichi um, because she's looking very beautiful today. I come to Momichi and say to Momichi, your job is that you're going to be sensing here. If anybody is, you know, float in the spirit, is not flowing, you need to descend the person and tap the person and, you know, do, just give us some impossible task. Now, the immediate reaction is going to be what? You see, ah, waiting I do before today. Isn't it? Everybody, you know, each of us, you know, each team, easy task. Then I give you a very difficult task. Impossible task. We're going to wonder. Uh-huh, you know, Momichi must have offended pastors. Okay? We'll complain. But I want to ask you, if this task I gave her, you had Gigi, your teammate is, you know, Queen Mother, uh, see your teammate is Pastor Chris, um, Sister Jumaka, your teammate is Elder Sister, and then Momichi, I give her own, a loan, no teammate, and it's the most difficult. Even all of you, there will be righteous indignation, right? Now, what if finally... They say, Momichi's teammate is God. You know what is going to happen? All of a sudden, her task, if you get what we're saying, will be easier than the own that is easier. You know why? The one she's teaming up with is omnipotent. The one she's teaming up with is omniscient. The one she's teaming up with is omnipresent. So, sister, no matter how life may be to you, if you know the one who is teaming up with you, you cannot cry. If you know the one who is teaming up with you. That's why he said the assurance Jesus gave us. He didn't say to me I'll be a billionaire. He said I will never leave you nor forsake. In fact, he didn't say I will always deliver you. That's why the Hebrew boys would say, Oh king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. What we know is that God is always able. Let me hear you say God is always able. God is always able. God is always able. Ability is never an issue. God is always able. But if only for this time he doesn't choose to, <laughs> we remain with him. And true to type, what happened was that God did not deliver them. Are you with me here? Is somebody in church tonight? God did not deliver them from the fire. They actually went into the fire. And then when they got into the fire, they saw the other one proved that God didn't deliver them in the fire, but he entered fire with them. Let's rise on our faith. That's what you get. It's all a test. So to pass this test, know that God is your teammate. When you fall on your knees, no matter the situation, know that that allocation of Simon, that pain, that difficulty, that challenge, that embarrassment, whatever it is that you're going through, that you have been assigned a teammate, that if you know him, (laughs) if you know him, you won't be bitter. That's how come Joseph will look at the brothers and say to the brothers, I have no squams with you. You meant it for evil. All of you, how many of them? Ten of them were against him. But he said one person was for me. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So I have no bitterness against you because of the one who is for me. Somebody here needs to know that 2024, there is someone who is for you. There is someone who is for you. There is someone on your team. (laughs) There is someone on your team. It does not matter who is not. That's why the Bible says, you say, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us. It says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Say, shall tribulation, shall angels, shall hell, whatever it is. He said, if God is on my team, this is what the saints of old had. 
Paul the apostle Paul says, when I appear, he said, all men forsook me. But what? He said, God stood by me. That is what you need to learn. Know it tonight and you will know peace. Know it tonight and you will know joy. Know it tonight and you will know victory. Know it tonight and you will frustrate the devil because you have come to understand that this God, we've mentioned it on Sunday a bit. I am God almighty. Go ahead. He said to Joshua, Joshua 1 verse 9, he says, have I not commanded you as a child of God? This is what we lay our head on. When I lie down on, in the night, I say, the God who sent me is with me. He will not forsake me. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, he who says is always with me. Tonight, it does not matter. I want you to begin to pray already. You know where you are. You know what is facing. Some of us is financial. Some of us is emotional. Some of us is, you know, one challenge. Some of us is the call. You know that you should rise up in this area or that area. The one whose hand is underneath you is the one that has the everlasting arms. The one who has said, I will make a way. Listen, that head that is bowed down is illegal for your head to be bowed down. Because God is for you. It's not allowed. God is for you. For you to lose hope is a lie. For God is for you. Where God is in the equation. He says, though weeping may have endured up till now. There is joy. There is joy coming in the name of Jesus Christ. God is on my team. God is my teammate. God is not just my teammate. He's my sender. He's my commissioner. He's the one that I return to give victory to. So tonight, every spirit of fear, that's why I can say he has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I'm no longer timid. I know my God. You might say to me, ah, pastor, do you know what is there? I don't need to know what is that. I know who is here with me. Somebody lift up your voice and bless the Lord and tell him, Lord, in this year, today is 31st of January. We are going into 2024. Lord, you are my treasure. You are my victory. You are my priority. You are, I have you and that is all that matters. You are for me amongst those that help me. Lord, I thank you. Pray to the Lord. Maybe you had never known that he was on your team. <laughs> Maybe you had never known that he was on your side. But tonight, I need you to activate that understanding. That decision, that difficult circumstance, that difficult situation. He said, I am, I am, I am. Moses said in Exodus 3 verse 13, Whom shall I tell the people that sent me? This assignment, I'm a fugitive from Egypt. Pharaoh wants to kill me. Then you're sending me back to Pharaoh to tell Pharaoh that he should let your people go. Who does that kind of thing? Who will I say send me? God said to Moses, tell them that I am that I am has what? Has sent you. That is what matters, child of God. I'm going into this year. I'm in Nigeria. I'm trusting God for a new Nigeria. I'm trusting God for the judgment of the wicked. I'm trusting God for liberation of the sufferings of my people, Nigeria. I'm trusting that. Why? Because I am has sent me. I don't know how, but there is a God in heaven who rules over the affairs of men. He is the one that is my confidence. By him, I can tell everyone listening to me now that it shall be well with the righteous. It shall be well with the righteous. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. They say dollar is 1,500. It shall be well with the righteous. God will supply all our needs according to his riches 
in glory. You will fulfill every of God's good purpose. In the name of Jesus, you will pay your debts. You will clear your debts. You will be free from indebtedness. You will lend to nations you shall not borrow. You shall walk in health. You shall be the beloved of the Lord. You will not be tempted forsaken. You will find joy. You will turn to your left and to your right. And you will know the mercy of the Lord. You will know the goodness of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. You have been sealed with a seal. You are a citizen of heaven. You are God's own child. He has invested in you. He has given you the blood to wash you. He has given you his broken body to clothe you. He has given you his Holy Spirit to fill you and guide you. Tonight we are saying we know whose we are. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody grateful in the house? Hallelujah. We'll take another prayer before we, we round up. Psalm 78. I want to beg you, please. You know, we don't have the time tonight. But in the accounting numbers, God had brought out the nation of Israel from Egypt, from bondage in Egypt. And, you know, with a strong arm, the Bible records it. Mighty miracles. Killed the firstborn of Egypt. Brought them to the Red Sea. Parted the Red Sea right before their eyes. They walked across the sea on dry ground. Then God calms them in a location and says, the promised land is before you. And for some reason, still testing. He says to Moses, send 12 spies. Let them go and spy out the land. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they sent 12 spies. And Moses gave them their brief. Say, see how the land is. See whether it has this or has that. See the men that are there and come back and give us report. In no instruction that Moses gave them, did he tell them about ability. He told them about characteristics of the land. The things the land had and the things that were not in the land. He said, just give us a journal of what you see. Don't make judgment. They went and when they came back, they said, truly, this land flows with milk and honey. This land has everything you said it has. But we also saw men. He said it has giants. If the land has what it has, it will produce giants. Look at you now. If your child goes to America and leaves, Pastor Nat, he'll be taller than you. Hmm? This is your body that is like this. He'll be bigger. He will drink milk more than you drank. <laughs> Do you understand? So the land will definitely produce giants. But they made a statement. They said... Those people, we cannot overthrow them. And when they said that, the Bible says God was grieved. You will not grieve God. When you see all that you see, you will not grieve God. Because that judgment is not for you to make. You see, like we already said here, I'm a billionaire, but who gave birth to me? They are analyzing who brought them out of slavery. Who even gave them the standing to be able to be where they are? God had begun a work. Is there somebody here that God has begun a work in? Let me see your hand. You're sure God began a work in you? Okay, that God hasn't retired. Let me show you what I want to show you now. In Psalm 78, verse um, 40, 41 and 42. It says, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him. Can you see that word again? And grieved him in the desert. You know what it means? Someone, you know, I don't know how to explain it. I believe you understand it. And grieved him. They didn't just hurt him. They didn't steal from God. It would have been better. They grieved him. Which means if God thought about it, he will weep tears. Tears that are not from the eyes. Tears in the heart. They grieved him. And he went on and says, yes, again and then again they tempted God. Now, what was it that was grieving him? The second part. Read it for me. And limited what? They limited the Holy One of Israel. You take off the limits tonight. 
you take off the limits tonight. I say you take off the limits tonight. I take off the limits tonight. It means that I say you are God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Besides you, there is no one. There is nothing, nothing, nothing difficult for you. You take off the limits. He went on and says, they forgot his power. Can you give us the living Bible again? He said, God. Ah. Put it together for us. Thank you. Again and again, they turned away and tempted God to kill them and limited the Holy One of Israel from giving them his blessing. He said they forgot his power and love and how he had rescued them before now. Tonight, ah, 2024, I will not limit God. I will not forget his love. I will not forget his power. This is God we are talking about. Somebody may say, I've waited for five years. I've waited for 15 years. It doesn't matter. God has no limit. God has no limit. God has no limit. Elisha made a request to God that he would get a double portion of Elijah's anointing. He died. They woke him up. They used his body, raised the dead, and then buried him again. Why? Because God cannot, will not, has never failed. Let's give him the praise. 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 You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.